Good morning, church. Good morning. It's great to see everybody this morning. Please stand with me as we come together and worship through song. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand. When darkness seems to face I rest on his unchanging grace in every high and stormy gale my anchor holds within the veil on Christ the solid rock I stand all other ground is sinking sand all other ground is sinking sand his oath is We're glad to have everybody here this morning. We're glad that those that are at home watching this morning. And we just uh, just praise you that we could be here today. Let's go with the Lord in prayer. Our dear, gracious Heavenly Father, first of all, we want to come to you, Lord, thanking you for the many blessings you give us each week, each day, Lord, and even the blessing this morning, Lord, that, uh, that we could get up this morning and uh, have take a breath, Lord, and, and come to worship you. And Lord, as uh, brought out in Sunday school lesson, that uh, at any day now, any minute now, that you could come back to uh, to take us home, Lord. And and Lord, we just uh, thank you for giving us the opportunity to hear your word this morning, Lord. Uh, we know that uh, that you've given uh, Cliff the word that you want us to hear, and that each one of us would take that to heart, Lord. But most of all, Lord, that that uh, if there's someone here that needs to know you, Lord, that this morning would be the morning that they would realize that, that, that you would uh, reach into their heart, Lord, and they would accept you as their Jesus Christ. And, and Lord, we, uh, we thank you as, as this month is uh, Pastor Appreciation Month, Lord. We thank you for the pastor that we have for Cliff and, and what he means to us in this church, Lord, and, and the community, Lord. As, as uh, we go out in our community, we hear different ones talk about our pastor, Lord, and and Lord, we just thank you for, for the blessings that you uh, give us through him, Lord. And, and Lord, uh, just be with the rest of our song service now. And, and Lord, be with the uh, world situations that are going on all around us, Lord. And just uh, lead us and guide us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 
I'm pretty sure it's not me that you guys are giggling at. <laughs> Good morning, everyone, whether you're here or if you're online. And today I see some faces I haven't seen in a long time, and I'm so glad to see you guys. Welcome. Well, pastor said I'm supposed to save them to the last, but you know what? I don't always listen to the pastor. <laughs> Can I get an amen? No, just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay, first I have King Pierce Hampton, who had a birthday this week, if you hadn't heard. Uh, he is holding one of our buckets of blessing. There's multiple colors out there, and he chose what color, King? Orange. And why did you choose orange? Because it's my favorite color. Yeah. And the pastor said, go pick your favorite color. And, you know, he's young, so he listened. So <laughs> inside, inside is a list of things that go in each bucket. And each list is different. Cain picked orange because it's his favorite. Cain, what is one of the things that you need to put in this bucket? Toilet paper. Yeah. I read in the whole list. That includes like sugar, brown sugar, apple juice, Kleenex, Ziploc bags, and stuff like that. And of course, he chose toilet paper. <laughs> also, you will see included is we're starting our Operation Christmas Child boxes. They're due November 12th. And Eli is being awesome over here, and you volunteered to help me, didn't you? Yes. <laughs> so um, everybody needs to pack boxes. How many boxes do you think we should give this year? One, two, three, um, 20. Wow, that's a lot. So um, as you can see, everywhere is boxes, and you can take one and start working on it now. You can take one now, a couple later. We need tons. So, And if you have any questions, we will have more information, and we're going to play a video at the end. Okay, you guys can go sit down. Thank you. Okay, so now to the other announcements. <laughs> So um, there is no chosen study tonight, um, but there is um, the living in Christ in a culture that doesn't, led by Randy Dar at 6 p.m., and it is not too late to get involved. If you haven't been attending and you want to, it's not too late. Then um, this Wednesday, October 11th, there will be a Connect meal, um, so let the church office know if you're coming, because what I hear when I read that is yummy food by the kitchen crew. Um, 6.30 p.m. is the business meeting, followed by prayer and share. And then this Thursday, October 12th, will be the quilting group at 10 a.m. And as we've been told a couple times, October is Pastor Appreciation month and your deacons would like you to bring a card listing the ways your pastor has impacted your life and then we've already done the whole bu the buckets in the operation christmas job thank you
When that shoebox is open, they're overjoyed. You can see them shouting, jumping. Oh, look at how much they are excited. This is the first time those children are receiving the shoeboxes. They are so happy. You can hear the laughter. You can hear the cheer. That excitement, it goes and goes and goes. Right now we're in Ukraine, and today we've given out the 200 millionth shoebox to a little girl here. So it's a lot of fun. It's a privilege for us to be able to come and to help the people as much as we can. Every box is important because every box is an opportunity to tell a child about God's love, about His Son, Jesus Christ. There's so much joy that one gift box can give. They really experience the love of Jesus. At Operation Christmas Show, we celebrate something as simple as the shoebox because God uses it to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. We got a full box on this This is such an amazing time. We're so happy to be here. This shoebox gift will impact a child's life all year round. We never dreamed we'd have an army of men and women who would come to make this program happen. This is what it's all about, telling others about Jesus. These shoeboxes go into 120 different countries where pastors and missionaries are going to use them to bring the gospel to kids. So you may think it's just a simple gift at Christmas time, but it's the gift of the gospel, the story of Jesus Christ. When that shoebox leaves that distribution center and it goes around the world, that's not just one person. That's the body of Christ joined together, delivering the good news of the gospel. They go by plane, they go by ship, they go by riverboat, they go by camels, they go by motorbikes. And these boxes go to some of the most remote areas of the world. And every box counts. After receiving shoe boxes, children are invited to participate in the Greatest Journey Discipleship Program. These children have just completed 12 lessons in the Greatest Journey. I believe that discipleship is the key and they are now followers of Christ. They will tell their friends about Jesus. My name is Gladys and I am nine years old. My friend Kemi told me I needed to go with her to church. I wanted to teach her about the Word of God. And when she came to my church, she received a gift box. For a long time, I asked my mom for a blanket. When I opened my shoe box, I found a blanket in it. When I came home, I showed it to my mom, and she said it was great. I told her about Jesus. Now me, my mom, my grandma, and Kemi go to church together. I am certain of one thing. God is my savior. Every box counts. Every box touches a child. It's like a snowflake. There's not one shoebox that is the same. And we are reaching millions of children with the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you get the heart of the child, you will reach the heart of the parents, you will reach the heart of the family, and then you will touch the community. We are seeing churches being planted, and more and more churches are being built. We will do whatever it takes to reach the ends of the earth with the gospel. That gift box is the beginning into their hearts. Isn't it incredible how these gifts touch the lives of these children? The joy, the smiles, it changes lives. 
Every year we see tens of thousands of children discipled. And we couldn't do this without you, so thank you for packing the boxes. Thank you for praying for these children around the world. God bless you, and keep packing those boxes. Please stand with me once again as we come together and worship through song. sin, who knew no sin, that we might become his righteousness. He humbled himself and carried the cross, love so amazing, love so amazing, Jesus Messiah. Jesus, my 
be seated. All right, let's look into Proverbs 25 today. So you can follow along in the Bible app. It's there with, along with notes. Uh, so if you get that on your phone, your tablet, you can do that. And you can track notes in there also. That's why one of the reasons why you put that there. You can follow along in your, your electronic Bible on your, on your phone, on your tablet. You can follow along in your paper one, okay? Um, I hope that, that what we do is we get to be uh, comfortable with using our Bible, you know, that it's not just something we dig out today, but it's something that we use every day, okay? That's kind of the thing that we're, we're talking about. So, and the scripture verses will be up here on the screen also. So we're in Proverbs 25. Um, why we're here is because this starts a new section in the book of Proverbs. This is, if you read in the first verse, and we will in just a moment, it is re Proverbs recorded by Hezekiah's men. Proverbs of Solomon. We started out with Solomon's Proverbs, and we worked through to the, like the 22nd chapter where we had that little break in there, and there were just some assembled just generally. Now, we're going to go back to Sol the Proverbs of Solomon, but we really don't know how, it how this came about. Because if you're tracking through the history of, of Israel, you have the United Kingdom, which started out with Saul, then David, and then Solomon. All right, the wise guy, right? The guy that asked for wisdom, and God gave it to him. He was wise, and that's why we're recording his Proverbs. And so Solomon dies, and then his son Rehoboam takes over. It doesn't last very long, and the kingdom is split between the north and the south. And so the north, is, the north gets carried away eventually uh, because they, they just participate in idolatry. There are no good kings, as the Bible records it, in the northern kingdom. In the southern kingdom, it bounces back and forth between good kings and evil kings. And the 12th king after, the 12 kings, so it looks like the 13th king after Solomon in the south is a guy by the name of Hezekiah. He is one of my favorite ones. He's one of my favorite stories because I love the story about how his city's surrounded by an army that's unbeaten. I love it, right? What do you do when you're outnumbered? What do you do when it looks like there's no hope? What do you do when nobody gives you a chance? He laid it out before God. You ought to, you, it's one of those stories. When you're frustrated with prayer, read that story. Because he prayed, I don't know if he went to sleep or not, but the next morning, the army was gone. The army, they went out there, and you know, the, the guard, the guys on the watchtower said, hey, there's nothing, they're not frying eggs or, or, or fixing coffee in the camp. Something's up. And so I, somebody has to go, go see what's going on. And they went out there, and hey, there's shields, there's swords, there's, there's iPhones just laying around, right? Okay? Whatever they had just laying there for their own taking. And, and I love that story. So it's Hezekiah's men. Hezekiah was one of the good kings. He, matter of fact, he was king when the northern kingdom was carried away. 
and he has led his people back to worship God, and apparently he's also commissioned his men that are working for him to gather these Proverbs, to put them together for us. Right? No, we would exist, but he put them together for us. And I, and I love that. So this is where we're landing at. This is the, this is the Proverbs that, that either were just orally still repeated but not written down or, or in scraps of paper all over the place, and they put them together. But nevertheless, we have them, you have them in your Bible, and they're a treasure for you. They're, they're wisdom for us. All right, so we, I, here's what I want us to take away from the book of Proverbs. We've been in Proverbs. I think this is the ninth week. We'll be here for a couple more weeks as we walk through the remainder of Proverbs. But I want this to be practical and useful. Practical and useful. How many of you guys have got something you don't use? Yeah, right, okay. Um, I, I can walk through my basement, all right, uh, and, and see lots of things. I can, you know, go out in my garage and see lots of things. I'm hanging on to it, hoping that it'll be useful. But for 30 years, it hasn't been useful, okay? It's kind of the thing, right? And, and so you, some of you have it longer, okay? But anyway, what I want us to see is Proverbs as practical and useful. In other words, I could turn here, read a proverb, and that proverb will make a difference in my week, okay? May not, it may not intersect with today, but I, I, I'm going to guess that it will, it will happen sometime this week where you can apply the teaching of that wisdom in that proverb. So we want this to be, we're learning things that you will use. Sometimes when we go to church, I, I talk about big words, right? Propitiation. And it's a word you can never use, right, out there. And, you know, it's not one of those words that comes up while you're sitting having coffee with your friend or hanging out at McDonald's having a Coke. It's one can use that word. This you'll use, okay? Propitiation is cool, though, okay? Um, not slacking off on that. So it's faith applied to everyday attitudes, activities, and relationships. You're going to do that today, right? You, some of you are sitting next to your friend, you're next to your spouse. So this is about relationships. This is about things that you do. This is about the attitude that you have. Some of you have attitudes, okay? Lisa would say I have one, okay? All right. What we want to look at, what Proverbs does, and what I love about it is, is it's, and, and this is going to be, this is going to drive it home today. We're looking at through the lens, the biblical lens of how to live life out as, as, as a follower of Jesus. We're living we're through the lens of a relationship with Jesus. I belong to Jesus. I hope that you belong to Jesus. If you don't, we're going to give an invitation for you to do that in a little while. But this is what this is about. It's not about doing these things so you can get to heaven. It's doing these things because you belong to the one who died for you so that you could go to heaven. Okay, so how are we going to live this life out? How are we going to live this life? It's living with Jesus in mind. What would Jesus do? Some of us have lived through that era, right? This is what Proverbs is about. And a matter of fact, as we walk through this book, the three topics that we're going to touch on all have Jesus written all over it. You'll see that as we walk through there. So we went through the antithetical things where the second part of the verse is opposite of the first verse. In this, in, as we move into the 25th chapter, there's still some of that there, but they look at comparison. Our similar parallel is the structure that they use, okay? Comparison or similar parallel. And they also vary in length. They're not just one verse, two lines. Some of these are a little bit longer. 
are harder to memorize, okay? But this is the idea that sometimes it just takes a little longer to explain it and to get the whole point across, and that's what we see in the book of Proverbs. So 25, beginning in the 25th chapter. Let's read 25, 1 through 28. These also are Proverbs of Solomon, which the man of Hezekiah, king of Judah, transcribed. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. As the heavens for height and the earth for depth, so the heart of kings is unsearchable. Take away the dross from the silver, and there comes out a vessel for the smith. Take away the wicked before the king, and his throne will be established in righteousness. Do not, excuse me, do not claim honor in the presence of the king, and do not stand in the place of great men. For it is better that it be said to you, come up here, than for you to be placed lower in the, pre in, in the presence of the prince whom your eyes have seen. Do not go out hastily to argue your case. Otherwise, what will you do in the end when your neighbor humiliates you? Argue your case with your neighbor. Do not reveal the secret of another. Or he who does it will reproach you, and evil, the evil report about you will not pass away. Like apples of gold and settings of silver is a word spoken in right circumstances. Like an, like an earring of gold and an ornament of fine gold is a wise reprover to a listening ear. Like the cold of snow in the time of harvest is a faithful messenger to those who send him, for he refreshes the soul of his masters. Like clouds and wind without rain is a man who boasts of his gifts falsely. By forbearance a ruler may be persuaded and a soft tongue breaks the bone. Have you found honey? Eat only what you need, that you may not have it in excess and vomit it. Let your foot rarely be in your neighbor's house, or he will become weary of you and hate you. Like a club and a sword and a sharp arrow is a man who bears false witness against his neighbor. Like a bad tooth and an unsteady foot is confidence in the faithful, faithless man in time of trouble. Like one who takes off a garment on a cold day or like vinegar on soda is he who sings songs to a troubled heart. If your enemy is hungry, give him food to eat, and if he is thirsty, give him water to drink. For you will heap burning coals on his head, and the Lord will reward you. The north wind brings forth rain, and the backbiting tongue an angry countenance. It is better to live in the corner of the roof than in the house shared with a contentious woman. Like cold water to a weary soul, so is good news from a distant land. Like a trampled spring in a polluted well is a righteous man who gives way before the wicked. It is not good to eat much honey, nor is it glory to search out one's own glory. Like a city that is broken into and without walls is a man who has no control over his spirit. Now as we walk through those Proverbs, some are going to resonate with you. Some you might have snickered at. Some you're going to say, I'm not reading this chapter Thanksgiving week. Okay, just right. Okay, you, you, you caught that in that verse. What we're reading here is wisdom to guide us in everyday life. Remember that. That's that reminder. As we walk through these Proverbs, it's wisdom to guide us in everyday life. It's observations 
that Solomon and others have made, observations that they've made about how life lives out. You're, it's, it's the YouTube channel before YouTube existed, right? Here's what you need to know in order to live out your life. So that's what we're going to. We're going to look into God's Word because sometimes YouTube's wrong. We want to go into God's Word, which is never wrong, and learn from God's Word how to live out our life. Every proverb has a lesson implied. It's not making an observation without making an observation that you can apply, I can apply, to living out my life. And it, you know, it, it has all these things, and unlike a Google search, when you search how to put up a tent, that's all it's about. When you look at Proverbs, we just read through the 25th chapter, it's all over the place, right? It's all over the place. Guaranteed that as you walk through this week, because I'll ask you at the end, read Proverbs 25 and start marking those things that, that you, you know, highlight, well, that one worked for today. This one worked for today. This one worked for this occasion. And by the end of the week, I suspect that you'll have a lot of yellow or whatever you've highlighted, whatever color you've used to highlight, a little check mark beside the verse, that you'll find out that this passage, this chapter, had a lot to do with how you lived your life out. Righteousness is, we walk through Proverbs, righteousness is the preferred way of life, okay? Righteousness is infinitely preferable. We want to live as followers of Christ because I'm a child of the King. I want to live and look like a child of the King. And this is going to help me to do that because Proverbs doesn't give us a 1 to 5 or 1 to 10 choice. It gives us either righteousness, wisdom, or folly, foolishness. Righteousness or unrighteousness. We want, we want to choose what Jesus would choose. And Jesus would choose to be righteous as we're going to look at. It's about the attitudes, the activities, and the relationships. So we're going to walk through this 25th chapter. We're going to hit on some things. We're not covering the whole chapter. I skipped some of that stuff, all right? But I want you to go back into there. Maybe something resonates with you more than, it, more than I felt like God was leading me to bring to you. So I want you to do that. I want you to know that I'm not giving you the whole load today. There's leftovers, all right? You're going to take leftovers home. Don't put it in the refrigerator, okay? Maybe put it in the refrigerator. Put your Bible in the refrigerator. You're bound to find it, okay? All right? Think about that. All right, so... Jesus knew, okay, Jesus knew. He knew that we would have business cards. I've got two business cards with my name on them, all right? And I'm going to say there are times when we get hung up with what's on there. We have arrived when they give us a business card. We have arrived when we give us a business card. I'll tell you a story. A long time ago, when I was working in the truck industry, I was at one of the dealerships that I was working at, and one of the guys left. My summation understanding of why he left is because he wanted a title. Titles are that important to us. We care. We want for... How many of you have not walked past the first-class seats in the airplane and wanted one of those? Okay? Right? I mean, they look comfortable. And if I get one of these, I must be somebody, right? 
or I got a lot of money to throw away. But anyway, first class seats are we want to feel important, okay? We want to feel important. And, and so it, it shows in the things that we do. And it shows up in our life. Listen to this out of Luke 14, 7. Jesus speaking. And he began a parable to the invited guests when he noticed how they had been picking out the places of honor at the table, saying to them, now, you may recognize this. So Jesus is in this house. He's, been, he's invited. He's, he's watching the invited guests, and he's, he's, he's people watching, okay? He's people watching. He was observing how the guests are coming into the house to be seated at the table. What does he say to them? Because you're going to have to look it up later today if you want but here, I'm going to just tell you what he said to them. Let's look in Proverbs 25, beginning in verse 6. Do not claim honor in the presence of the king, and do not stand in the place of great men. For it is better, for it is better that it, said, it is said to you, that it be said to you, come up here, than for you to be placed in the presence of, in, lower in the presence of the prince whom your eyes have seen. You see that? Years and years later, Jesus is at this house that he's been invited into. And he's watching the guests come in. And he's watching that they want the place of honor. And so they go set themselves down there because they, they want to be. Hey, here's my card. I'm going to sit up here in the, in the good seats, okay? Look at what my card says. It says that I'm senior pastor. Okay, or an executive pastor, or whatever it might be. I'm just pastor, right? But let, I need that seat of honor. I want that spot. And so Jesus observes, and Jesus, in red letters, essentially recites the teaching of this verse, these verses. So I'm going to say this. If it was good enough for Jesus to apply to his teachings to the people that were around him, it's good enough to apply to our lives. And he said to them, don't pick out the places of honor. Sit in the lower seat. It would be better to be moved up than to be moved down. What he's saying is, don't sit in the first class seat. Let them put you in the first class seat. Don't look for that spot. We get, we get tied up in who we are. You have worth in how Jesus sees you. Your worth is not determined by how I see you or anybody else. Jesus determined your worth because he bled the most precious commodity in all of the universe. His blood was shed for you and I. So that we might have the title, child of the king. There's no title greater than that. Everything else pales. You mean president of the United States. It pales in comparison to child of the king. We need to get that. We need to understand that because we do what Jesus saw. We get tied up in who we are. And so it's a lesson about being humble. It's about our position. The next one I want to look at is this, the power of words. You have the capacity to change things with the power of your words. So 
We can heal, we can destroy, we can build up, we can encourage, and we can instruct with our words. I, I have a, a song, a, an artist that I like, a, an old album that I didn't know existed, I started listening to in the last year, and one of those is, is a song called Hey Lady. And in there, it's, a, it's about an encounter at a grocery store with a woman who has three kids in tow that she doesn't want to have. And in there, she shouts at the kids and screams at the kids. And the gist of the song is, if you keep telling them that, you keep telling them how bad they are, that's what they're going to think they are. Our words have power. We want to use our words correctly. And guess what? Proverbs just gave us instructions on how to use our words, on how to use our words. When we started out there in the 11th verse, I love this, right? And we, you know, it's interesting to see because when you, when you read this description, I don't know what, you're, what you think, but as you go to the commentators, they're not quite sure what to think either because it's, what does this mean? But here it is, 11th verse of 25. Like apples of gold in settings of silver is a word spoken in right circumstances. I'd like a golden apple, okay? I mean, that, that, that just, you know, it's precious, right? That's the idea behind it. In the message, I believe it uses the right word at the right time. You know, have you ever, have you ever had somebody say something to you? They were unaware of what was going on in your life. But they spoke a word, and it's like, Wow made all the difference. Maybe you've been that person that's spoken the You could choose a lot of words, but you choose the right word. And the friend that you're sitting across the table from, the friend on the other end of the phone, just is, is like a flower in sunlight. Just, just all of a sudden blooms out. And their, their whole disposition, their, their, their body language changes from defeated to uplifted. Your words have the power to do that. The right word spoken at the right time can make all the difference. And who can give you that right word? The Holy Spirit. Look for those opportunities. We think about what we can do with our words. Let's look for the opportunity that we can find to be that. Okay, to be like apples of gold and settings of silver is a word spoken in right circumstances. Let's allow God to use us to bring somebody to a better place, to give that right word. You know, when we're talking about practical, this can be one of our goals for the week, right? Can you, can you not make this a goal to look to speak the right word instead of the wrong word? I can teach you how to say the wrong words, okay? Let's have the Holy Spirit teach us what to do to speak that right word in the right circumstances. Then the 12th verse, there's a string of these we're going to talk about just kind of in order there, the 12th verse, 13th, 14th, 15th. They run together. They speak a little bit about the word, or at least I draw them in under the power of the words. The, the, the 12th verse, like an earring of gold and an ornament of fine gold is a wise reprover to a listening ear. Think about that. Now, we don't like to, uh, this is not talking about insulting somebody or unfair criticism, but this is about coming up to somebody and saying, hey, 
Either one. We can be on the end of it or on the, in, in, on the, on the, on the giving or the taking. But it's valid criticism. Constructive criticism, right? I, I, welcome constru- I welcome constructive criticism. I have a friend who will be watching this video later on, and I will ask him just generally if there's something that I needed to do, you know, because I want that feedback. I don't want a pat on the back necessarily. I'll ask my wife, and she'll talk to me for 20 minutes about what I should have done, okay? <laughs> you know, it's all good, right? And, and so she, sometimes she tells me, can we take a long way home? So... Um, it's that wise correction. And let's, let's face it, guys. What we need is somebody to speak into our life with that. We ought to be looking to give it because we, wanna, we want people to be the best that they can be for, for the kingdom. And then we want somebody speaking that into our life, those words that would help us get things fixed, to help us get better, right? That's what we hope to do, is we hope not to stay at the same place where we started. We want to get better at it, and that takes other people speaking into us and saying, hey, do you think about this, or if you'd have done this, what, what does that look like? doesn't mean you have to. You take that into consideration and work over that and see where that might lead. We need, like an earring of gold, an ornament, ornament of fine gold is a wise reprover to a listening ear. I need a wise reprover. I need to be a wise reprover. I need to speak to a listening ear. I need to have a listening ear. Verse 13, like the cold of snow in the time of harvest is a faithful messenger to those who send him, for he refreshes the soul of his masters. We oftentimes have a message that needs to be delivered. We need to know that somebody else is going to do that. And that's what this is about. Because we sent that message, it might have been wise correction. It might have been words of encouragement. It might have been words of instruction. But we want to know that it got there. And sometimes we're the carriers of that message. Sometimes we're the senders of that message. It's refreshing to know that the message will be delivered. Like the cold of snow in the time of harvest. They wrestle with that too because snow would kill the crops, okay? But like the cold of snow in the time of harvest is a faithful messenger to those who send. Think about this though. These guys have been out combining and picking corn and beans and, and taking it to the elevator and stuff like that. And they've been working in 80 and 90 degree temperatures. We might have had to bundle up, but I'm telling you that, that they might have appreciated it being a little bit cooler. Because not everything's air-conditioned. So think about that. Like the cold of snow in the time of harvest is a faithful messenger to those who send him, for he refreshes the soul of his masters. The 14th verse. Like clouds and wind without rain is a man who boasts of his gifts falsely. The New Testament would call that empty words. Empty words. We always want to sound impressive, right? Right? And sometimes we boast of things we can't do. And, and our words, words that are empty, will come back on us later on. Let's not have empty words. In verse 15, by forbearance a ruler may be persuaded and a soft tongue breaks the bone. Okay? This is the idea of persistence. 
The idea of persistence, that's what forbearance is about. And the other versions might read a little bit simpler for you, so I'd challenge you to read it out of the CSB or out of the message or uh, ESV, etc. And the soft tongue breaks the bone. Gentle speech. We've talked about this before, right? Instead of raising it up and escalating the argument, you, talk, you bring it back down. And that, that soft tongue breaks the bone, breaks down the barriers. I get, I, get, I, I get pegged with telling you guys no all the time, okay? But you guys persist with soft tongues, okay? And you, you get, or you just ignore me, as Kim says, okay? But it's the idea that you break it down and you break down those barriers. Those are all passages of Scripture that are meant to, to help us with our words. James talked about the tongue. Jesus talks about our words. Right? So we see the t- connection between the old and the new. This Proverbs that we just read have New Testament applications. They have, they have two, 2023, 2024, 2025 implications in our life. We need to apply these. And the last thing is how to treat your enemy. How to treat an enemy in need, particularly. Now here's the verses. How many of you got enemies? Okay. How many of you get more than one? Never mind. Okay. <laughs> if your enemy is hungry, give him food to eat. And if he is thirsty, give him water to drink. For you will heap burning coals on his head, and the Lord will reward you. In the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 43, here's what Jesus says. You have heard that it was said... You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. And in Luke 6.35, same thing, the Beatitudes, we'll go a little bit further, but love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great. And you will be the sons, we will be sons of the Most High, for he himself is kind to to ungrateful and evil men. In other words, by loving your enemy, you're doing the same thing that Christ has done. I don't know how many times that, that Sharon or Glenn have shared about when they go out on the, the um, disaster relief and they're helping somebody. Now, I don't know that they consider disaster relief people as enemies, nor do we consider them as enemies, but they're people who are outside of the church. And when, when disaster relief people show up to clean up their yard or give them food or whatever it might be, that question is, why would you do that for me? It is that process of loving those people who are outside of God's kingdom. Okay, loving those people. And it might be really your enemy to love on them and to show them. Why? Because we want to open up the opportunity for those people to know Christ. We want to live that out in front of them. So here are the action steps that I want you to take away from this week. It's the same that we've been going through. So it ought to be, it's repetitive in nature, but it's meant to be that way because every time we read through, whether it's the 22nd chapter, the 15th chapter, the 10th chapter, the 1st chapter, 2nd chapter, whatever it was that we read through there, read Proverbs 25 again. Read through all, it's 28 verses. It doesn't take that long to read. And you can read a portion at a time. You got all week. Read Proverbs 25. Mark the verses. I would think about those verses that you're reading and say, I either needed to do that or did that today. I need to apply because what we're trying to do, actually what we're doing here is I'm trying to be a wise reprover in a listening ear. We need to take God's word and apply it to our lives. 
so that we can live out a life that would be pleasing to God. So mark the verses that apply to your day and your week. And what, what teaching really made that impact? Because you, you'll go through and you'll see that, but one of those will say, man, that one really resonated with how the week went on. And so I want you to think about those things because God's Word is meant to intersect with our everyday life. Not just now, but on Monday, you know, some of you got a holiday tomorrow. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, morning, evening, and night. It's meant there's something in there that you can use throughout this week. Now, I'm going to ask you to, we're going to give the invitation momentarily. And here's how this works. Uh, I'm going to give you an invitation. If you've not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you don't have a relationship with him. Doing these things in Proverbs isn't going to fix that. But coming and saying, I want Jesus to be my Savior. I want to repent of my sins. I want to follow through with baptism. Whatever it might be that, that you need, that step that you need to take. I want to invite you to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So you know your, your future is secure with him. No matter what happens in this world, that you belong to him. And you have a home in heaven. That's the peace that I have. Okay, that's a, the world throws a lot of things at that I have to use these verses on. But the one thing I do know is that I know Jesus, and I'd like you to know Jesus too. The second thing is you may want to pray for somebody. Uh, that, that, that For whatever reason, you may want to come and pray. You may want somebody else to come and pray for you. There are boxes up here. Maybe you want to pray for the boxes where the boxes. We'll do that at the end, but maybe at the beginning of it, you want to pray for those things. You want to pray for those things. Now, I'm also going to do this. Not this week, but next week I'm going to have these available for you. I suspect you could take it today, but I want to start next week. Now these are the who's your one. And this is the 30-day prayer guide for you to, to pray for that person that you're going to put on this end of the card and, and turn in along with your name. I suspect that most of you are aware of what's going on around our globe. So I, I opened up um, my news feed yesterday and today, and there were two things on there that were at the top. One was the situation in Israel, the war that's going on, okay? And the second thing was the earthquake in Afghanistan, all right? It killed like 2,000 people is what the headline. I didn't read the article, but it had 2,000 people killed in that, in that and I don't know how many in the war in Israel. If you did your have you read this week, you read out of Luke 21, verses 10 through 11. If you put that up there. And he continued by saying to them, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be great earthquakes and in various places plagues and famines and there will be terrors and great signs from heaven. And he talked about the wars also in that passage and all of these things will precede his return. And that's what the Who's Your One's about. What I want to give you the opportunity is to figure out who that one is that you want to pray for. We're going to help you to understand how to share the gospel. Because you can do that. Okay? Um, I got led to Christ not by the preacher, but by a friend. 
And I suspect some of you have that very same story to share. And so as we come today to the invitation time, there's a lot of things that you can pray for. None of those things are wrong to pray for. You might pray for something that I haven't even mentioned. Well, let's stand and respond to how God would lead us. is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. Christ alone, corner stone, weak made strong in the Savior's love. Through the storm, He is Lord, Lord of all. Sing. Uh, Glenn's over here, Charlie's over here, I'm here. You have friends out there. Know that we're here to pray with you. Okay, so that's why, that's why they're standing at the door, not to keep you in the place, but to offer to pray with you. I read those verses out of Luke because it, it's when Jesus is talking about his return. We always need to live in the anticipation he could come back before we come back next week. Just keep that in mind as we sing. When darkness seems to hide his face, I rest on His unchanging grace. In every high my anger holds within the veil. My anger holds within the veil. Father, hang on a second. Youth encounter people, come here. Come up here on stage with me. Okay. This group of people. Heather's driving and Cora's navigating, right? Okay. And um, she's been lost in Bloomington before, so that's why she was chosen. And so, so anyway, they're going to go to Youth Encounter this afternoon, and we want them to be blessed. Great and wonderful time. And so we're going to pray for them. And, and, and Al and Marla have been group. I'm going to, Al, can you come up here? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let you represent Marla. She doesn't have to make the steps. Um, they're headed to, to their new home. Um, 
they've been, been squatting in a house that they don't own for a couple weeks, and finally they got caught, and they're going to come up here. Al has been a good friend and for a long, long, long time, and I miss him when he goes away. I heard thing that we would send to Mark, not include him, but anyway, that's the kind of friend he has, and so make that move to, to Florida on a permanent basis. You'll come back and visit us, I suspect, right? Okay. Hopefully. Hope, yeah, hopefully. But they live in Florida, so maybe it would be better if we all visited them. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and so let, let's, let's pray for this group of people as they make these guys for just a short period today, these guys as they make a longer transition. So, Jonathan. Father, just thank you, Lord. This day, Lord, uh, for our classes in Sunday school, for our service today, as we've sang worship to you, fathers, we've uh, been given opportunity with the buckets, with other things, with the boxes, Lord, Father, to be used by you, Father, to touch people outside of our walls. Father, we pray for Alan and Marla as they make this transition down to Florida. Pray for a safe journey, Lord. We will miss them. Father, we know that you will bless them, and they will be a blessing to the people that are around them. And, Father, a blessing to the church that they become part of down there. Father, we pray for this group on my right side, Lord, who are loaded up in our van. And, Father, they're heading up to Youth Encounter. Father, I pray that their lives will be touched and transformed this day as they participate in worship with other, uh, other youth their age. And, Father, just uh, pray, Father, that you would start a movement with this group that gathers together today in Bloomington and later in Marion. Father, just pray that, Father, your spirit would be there and that their lives would be touched and be changed. In Jesus' name, amen. Nathan, are you excited? There we go. Let's all...